Hello and welcome to Tokyo Inklings. My name is CY. You can find me at tokyostationpens.com or on Instagram at tokyostationpens and on Twitter at tokyostationmnh. And my name is Jacob and I'm a Fudo fan on Instagram and on Twitter and I have a blog at fudofan.com. So welcome to episode 15. Uh, thank you, thank you all. Uh, I think we would not be able to really get to this point if it wasn't for everybody's support um, for our show. So thank you, thank you very much. Uh, I've actually gotten a lot of feedback about um, our show. Uh, a lot of people have been telling me that they've actually been recommending it to friends. And some of you have even left a nice review for us. Jacob, do you mind if we read a review? That sounds scary, but okay, <laughs> let's do that. <laughs> All right. So DBC19 writes, 5 out of 5. Can't recommend this podcast enough. It's unique, insightful, and highly entertaining. It's as much a travel commercial for people to visit Japan as it is a show about pens, ink, and paper. Every episode wants me to book a flight to Tokyo and beyond to get the things they discuss. Keep up the great work. Thank <laughs> you, nice. DBC. Thank you. Yeah, that's, that's nice. really nice. Um, so, uh, yeah, really, really appreciate these reviews. Uh, five-star reviews always, always help us out. Um, and what can help us out is your five-star review. Uh, please, if you do have the time, uh, consider rating us uh, five stars on iTunes because that does help us get discovered uh, based on the algorithm. That's how all this podcasting thing works. So thank you very much uh, to all of you who have spent time to rate us and to review us. We really, really do appreciate it. And none of this could happen without you. So that being said, Jacob, we've had a quite the two weeks. I remember when we were putting together the show notes, yeah. um, I think, uh, you know, sometime earlier this week, not even in this week, you know, I think it was like late last week, we yeah. were trying to put together an early draft. And, um, and, you know, we were talking about we like, oh, we haven't put together the show notes yet. So, so we opened a doc, uh, you know, Google Docs. I think within like two minutes, we had a full page of notes. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it was very fast. Yeah. And, uh, and then, I, you know, I just added some this morning uh, to uh, include what I have today. But, you know, it's, a, it's quite a acquisition and a particularly news-packed uh, episode. So tell me, what have you been writing with and, uh, and what did you get? Yes, so I, I had to remove some items from my list here to, to save for another episode. I had too many. <laughs> but I got a pen back from, from Bocomondo. Um, and this is an interesting one. So I asked her if it was possible to do kintsugi on a pen. So kintsugi is this traditional Japanese technique where you repair like broken pottery with, with lacquer, so typically urushi. And... Mm -hmm. You do that in a way that doesn't, you know, hide the fact that something was broken, that it was a crack, but, but to, to really emphasize that because you're repairing it with some golden, um, with some golden urushi, so you can really see like a trace of hair it was once broken, but now it's repaired, and that gives it character. You, you see that's being used. Um, so I asked Hiroko, is, could you do something like that on a pen? And her view was that it might be difficult to actually repair 
um, an acrylic barrel or cap uh, with kintsugi. She thought it might break again, but so I so I asked her instead. Okay, so what if I have a cap or a pen that is not actually broken? Can you make it look like kintsugi? Mm. Um, and so that's what, what what she ended up doing. So this is a so this is a Mont Blanc 149 with a dark uh, Ishime textured finish. But then she made this that looks like cracks from uh, Urushi mixed with charcoal powder and with some gold dust. Mm-hmm. Um, so it looks like the, there are a few cracks on the cap and on the barrel. Uh, it doesn't quite look like kintsugi, and the main reason is that uh, I think the, the the charcoal powder made it a little bit darker, uh, but it's a very striking effect, and, and I uh, I love it. Yeah, so I affectionately call this the the yanagi pen. Ah, yeah. Um, I I, I think the the pen is really well done. I, I think um, Hiroko's uh, ishime. Yeah. Is is very smooth, I think, to the touch, which is ironic. Obviously, it has a texture. Yeah. But it's it's polished in a way that it's very smooth, um, and I'll talk about that later as well. But I, I quite like it. Um, I think she should add some uh, falling leaf patterns. Oh to, yeah, to complete yeah, yeah. the yanagi. That would yes. be really really funny. Um, but yeah, you know, beautiful pen, nonetheless. She actually. She actually told me that she wasn't happy with it at first and she wanted to take it back and redo it. And I said, no, please don't do that. Please just give it to me as it is. Don't redo it. And yeah, she does that, doesn't she? I mean, she'll yeah. have some times where she thinks it's not really good enough. Yes. And, and then she'll, she'll you know, offer to redo it. But, you know, most of the time what she does is already pretty good. Yes. I can imagine a you know version two of this design with some more decoration. So let's see what happens in the future. I do have a. Um, I, I I think um, I actually partook in a Kinski workshop uh, mm. a few weeks ago, um, where I repaired a. Well, I didn't repair. I, I kind of broke um, my my glass, my um, tea drinking glass, on purpose for for the workshop. But okay. I broke glass. And then went to the workshop and did the kinski. And I think that while if you were using, if you were like screwing back on the cap, because I've seen the pen, right? So if you were mm. screwing on the cap back really, really tightly and you're repeatedly re-screwing and applying pressure to the point yeah. at where the kintsugi is, uh, is made, then, yeah, you're going to probably have... Uh, a re-crack or an extension of that crack mm. uh, uh, even if you do the kintsugi because you know it's just adding more pressure but I think if uh, and you know we met yesterday and you showed me your pelican if you uh, apply a bit of kintsugi theory yeah. onto the onto the pen and you polish it I think you can actually achieve a kintsugi effect um without destabilizing the pen mm. because you wouldn't be applying pressure to the point where it's cracked. Uh, I mean, at least constantly, right? Mm. So I, I think that there's a bit more to explore, but I right. do understand why Hiroko is a bit hesitant to to run down this path, especially because there is no guarantee that it will work. You've been doing some Arush experiments yourself. Can we expect to see a, a, a Kintsugi experiment from you in the future? 
Yeah, so, um, you know, I mean, it's a great segue, so I'll just jump right into it. I've been, uh, up until now, I have been doing some um, personal shopping services. So people would uh, see some pens and then, they'd, you know, text me on Instagram and they'd ask me to buy this pen. I've, I'd always been happily to oblige. But I've now gotten so much work that I really, really need to clear the backlog of my work first. I've got like tens of pens mm-hmm. uh, out in my guest room. And I find that I just don't have the time to, to keep up with everything. So so I've put a stop to the personal buying um, services at the moment. And I think, it'll you know, the Urushi will have to be in the same vein. I'll have to probably uh, stop it uh, for, the, for the time being, at least... Uh, you know, for for the next month or so, mm. um, but yeah, I have been doing some urushi experimentation, and yes, kintsugi will be part of uh, of my experimentations once I get around to having enough time to really sit down and do the projects. And it's not just about time; it's about the motivation. Because if you start an urushi project, it's a uh, it's really a um, commitment it's a, it's a time sink you know yeah absolutely a lot yeah. involved and so it's not just like you sit down for an hour and you paint and that's over you have to you know spend like 20 hours doing it so um so i'm experimenting and i am working on it and i actually do have some uh let's say experimental uh work that people have requested of me so i need to do those first and then after that, I'll be able to commit myself to to doing a little bit more of experimentation. Makes sense. Makes sense. We're looking forward to to, to seeing your your kintsugi pen though. Me Once too. Your time. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> so, um, you know, going off this urushi talk uh, and off of your kintsugi, actually, um, I was inspired by a previous pen of yours, and this previous pen of yours. Uh, was an ishime uh, finish with these little gold ingots uh, inserted into into the finish. Yeah. And then on the body, you had uh, clear urushi with gold powder. Yeah. And I like that pen so much that I asked her to do it on my 823. Mm. Now, um, you know, there's a full backstory behind this, but one of my pen dreams has been to get an 823 finished with uh, Urushi for, for quite some time, for you know almost two years now. I, I just love the 823 so much. But um, my previous attempt at getting the 823 uh, finished uh, was um, did not end well. I remember uh, that. I remember yeah, that. and I mean, this, this other person that, uh, that I went to, you know, I would never recommend him because he is so bad um you know bad attitude bad technique all around mm. and you know just not a pleasant man to deal with and plus the price was uh was quite hefty I remember uh, that. it was yeah. twice the price of what i paid for the the book mondo mm. so um so i'm not very happy about him i'll might do a blog post on him in the future but yeah he's not a good person nor a good artist so so i've had this dream to to do my a23 um in in urushi for a while but uh in japan there's a japan exclusive of the a23 which is clear barreled um which a lot of people like Mm. and i also really really love clear barrel 
one of the great things about the A23, I'm sure you'll agree with me, is that you're able to see the pen um, have the ink sloshing around in its barrel. Yeah. Now, if I cover it in Urushi, then, you know, where does that transparency go? Right. Because even transparent Urushi, I mean, it's not transparent, right? Yeah, it's, it's brown. It will t- turn a bit more transparent over time, but it's going to be brown for a while. Yeah, and it's not just brown. It's it's very brown. Yeah. It's like it's like the color of wood. Yeah. Which totally makes sense, right? Because it, it's tree sap. Yeah. Um, so it's, uh, it's brown. And I was always wondering... Because with my Kashi Urushi experiments, uh, you have this, you know, transparent Kashi Urushi, which is actually brown as well. You do get a decent um, transparency through that. So I was wondering with Hon Urushi, um, would you get the same effects? Mm. But I wasn't about to sacrifice a pen to do it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Sure. Especially not an AT3. Um, but, you know, after seeing yours, I was, uh, I was so inspired um, that... I asked uh, Hiroko to do um, the body in transparent urushi with the gold uh, with the gold powder, just like mm. yours, uh, and then the ichime finish on the cap and the butt of the uh, the butt of the pen. Mm. And what happened uh, is that first of all, the pen is beautiful, um, and the the ishme finish is just so nice uh, to the touch. Yeah, it's not something that I would appreciate for the barrel because the barrel is something that has to you know rub against my skin as I write on it. But I think for the cap, because you uncap the pen and it does take some friction, obviously, to uncap the pen, the ishme really provides a nice grip. Yeah, it does. And same uh same with the the plunger right so when you unscrew the plunger it provides a nice grip so that's really really nice um and then on the body i have the transparent urushi with the gold uh powder as well as on the um section and i have to say she's really outdone herself because um the transparent urushi has actually kept a lot of its transparency even though it's brown so what it looks like now is a brown version of the A23 with still the transparency, which will get more transparent with time. Yeah. Uh, so I, I get to keep the the ink view, although obviously I won't be able to see what color it is. But I, I think the pen is just so striking and so beautiful mm. that uh, I've decided to ask her to do a cap, just the cap, in the transparent um, finish. Right. And I actually um, was joking to her. I showed her these uh, two parts. So I have another A23 as well. And by just switching out the barrel, I can get a Ishime cap and plunger fill barrel. And uh, I can have another A23 with the um, transparent Urushi mm. and the transparent Urushi cap, which I think will be um, quite funny. Uh, I think, you know, it's kind of like a two-for-one deal when you do these uh, part switches. And, you know, just based on how I feel, I think I'll switch the parts around. So I remember when you got the pen back, and because you immediately 
went to ink it up. So this was just after this Inkunuma event, right? We were all at the, at the cafe and the whole table was full of ink bottles because we all we had all bought so much ink, right? So you immediately went back to your seat and, and you inked it up and then and then you were playing with it, seeing it sloshing around and, and then you went around and showed it to everyone. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's a fantastic fun. It is. It, it, looks, it looks very, very good. I, yeah. I, I agree. I agree. And it will be interesting to see um what's going to happen when it turns more more tra- more transparent it's yeah it's, it's a very very striking design yeah it's always a surprise isn't it yes yes yeah and you know what i like about the gold um dust finish is that i mean sometimes there are imperfections in yeah. the urushi uh you know we cannot hide this um and the dangerous thing about transparent urushi is uh Sometimes, uh, you know, we don't wish for this, but sometimes there may be air bubbles. Yeah, of course. And the, uh, I think gold dust, even if there is an air bubble here or there, because there's also gold dust, it's much harder to see. I haven't been able to detect any air bubbles mm. in mine. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, that's something that's, uh, quite interesting. So I've, inspired by that, I've bought a bunch of gold dust, uh, for my experiments. Oh really? Okay. Gold and silver dust, yes. Yeah, so, uh, so we'll see. <laughs> Looking yeah. forward to see the results. <laughs> but yeah, um, what else did you you buy that's not Bokmondo? Well, so there's just one more uh, pen that I wanted to talk about. So, I got one of those uh, chubby balance style pens from Mercury for a, a very good price. So. Um, first of all, balance style or like balansgata is what we call these, you know, round top pens. And this is the, you know, the the, the classic classic design that usually have black with you know um, gold trims. And balance is usually used like in contrast to vest type of bestogata. At least pilot calls the flat tops bestogata. I don't know if that term is as universal. As the balance, but at least balance is used for for um, uh, pens other than pilot. So yes, I, I got this chubby balance style pen, and the filling system is inky dome, so you know, Japanese style uh, eyedropper, or I guess one of the style eyedropper. And as often with these pens, but when you when you buy these old balance style pens, you, it's hard to tell what brand it is. So it's the same with this one. There's no there's no branding on the clip. There's no branding on the cap band. But as you and I discovered together yesterday, if you remove the nib and, and look on the underside, it says GK. Yes. Yes. Tell uh, us a bit more about GK. Yes. So there was this uh, quartet of pen makers that they were, they were called Bane. And, and the, the pens by Bane are among the most sought after pens or sort of the Japanese pens by by vintage collectors and and they made pens for for several decades I don't I don't know when they stopped but I know that at least two of the two of them they, they were born during the Meiji era so 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 they, it probably was a few decades since they stopped making pens um, yeah you could be right yes <laughs> most likely um but at least, but the nibmeister in that group called Kabutogi Ginjiro, he often engraved his nibs with his initials GK. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and sometimes as, as in this case it's on, on the underside of the nib so 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 you have to have to remove the nib and and look for it but but um there's no like bunny brand uh, there's no there's no single brand to, to, to look for and that is one i think one reason why why people f uh, find it both you know challenging and fun to search for these Barnet pens because I mean you discovered also I think a few weeks ago you found one of these Steady pens. So Steady is apparently yep. a brand registered by either Sakai-san or um, I think maybe by Sakai-san. I'm not, not sure, but but there were all of these uh, nowadays little-known brands um, that these Barnet pens were were made under and it looks like I may have found one of those so I, I'm very excited about that but what's to me interesting is that it's just a steel nib so, so I associate Barnet with you know this exquisite Urushi pens with uh, fancy gold nibs right that pens that, that still to this day look very you know um they they look expensive right and, mm -hmm. but but here we have a very uh, bare bones simple ebonite pen with a steel nib it's a no-nonsense steel nib and i have to say you know i'm a gold nib snob yeah. but that nib writes really well it does it's, it's it does. ground clearly by by a pro and um and it's interesting that you talk about how there isn't really a lot of uh let's say unity around the naming and the mm. branding and stuff i think like this really goes to show um we have this image, I think, of, uh, you know, Japanese being kind of, um, you know, we abide by the rules, uh, you know, let's not deviate from the norm. But uh, actually, and I think it even continues to this day, I think Japanese um, are kind of whimsical, you know, <laughs> yeah. like with, with their naming and stuff. They, they really take a lot of, uh, you know, they, they they take a lot of creative license mm. say with with their their namings and you know it's it's often more often than not really like random stuff right and that's what's really difficult about japanese pens is that you know one person decides that his name is uh i don't know his brand name is like steady and then you know he can wake up one morning and say you know i'm gonna call my pens balance yeah and then the next day go back to steady so there's not a, a, a consistency. There's not this awareness of a you know brand, um, brand image kind of, kind of thing. So, but that's definitely part of the fun. I, I think if you're looking for for these pens, is to to discover this brand and, and to and to find, and to find a pen that happens to have this uh, GK engraving, for example. Yeah, absolutely. You're, you're totally right. Um, and it, it is very, very fun, isn't it? You know, you, you find something, you find something, and then you find out something about that something. Yes. And and you're like, wow, I have a, I have something that's really uh, special yeah. here. Yeah. Um. You know, even even companies like Platinum, uh, they export depends on the random different names. Yeah, so. yeah, that's true. Yeah, but, yeah. But there was I can't remember exactly the story, but I think there was some some trademark issue in UK, right? So they could not use the platinum name in UK, if I remember correctly. Yeah, and also um, you know, Pilot had the same uh, same thing, you know, random different names. Right. Um. So yeah, that that's uh that's an interesting tidbit. Yeah, yeah. Um. I think I mentioned that I got the Hobonichi last uh, 
last episode or two episodes ago. Mm. But yeah, I got a Hobonichi five year. I'm very excited to start that. Um, thanks to Koei, who yes. really inspired me at Mirai Cat. Go check her out. Um, but, you know, I, uh, you know, I fall into the dark side, Jacob. I fall into the dark side because um, I've been aware of this product for a while. I've been aware of this product um, and I've wanted to get it, but I've, uh, I've so far resisted. But Temptation broke me down last weekend. And uh, that that product is Traveler's Notebook. You know, Traveler's. Um, first of all, I got a Traveler's uh, Factory mask. By the way, best mask that I've been using. It's amazing. Right. I'm gonna customize it with some ink. Um, Do what? I'm probably gonna drop some like ink on it. Okay. To make it inky, uh, because I've got like a spot of soy sauce on it when I was eating sushi the other day. So you know, why not? Um, <laughs> But, you know, Traveler's Notebook is a, a Japanese brand that I think deserves an episode all by itself. Mm. Uh, so we're not going to do it here. But um, the, the gist of it is that they have a lot of themed products. And uh, they have a lot of stores. The idea is that you, you go and travel to those places and then you buy the stuff that's only available at that place that you travel to. So they have a store in Tokyo Station. Mm. And and so they have a notebook which says, um, all aboard get on traveler's train from Tokyo Station. And, you know, given my handle, uh, yeah, I just had to I just had to get it. I'm surprised it took took you this long to get to get a Tokyo Station and a notebook. You were there at the store <laughs> yesterday, weren't you? Yeah, I went there too, yeah. And, and you've seen this uh, this product then. I yes. mean, it's so good. Yeah, it, it looks nice. It looks nice. I, and I think there are, at least as far as I know, there are two of these, at least two of these stores. Right? There's the Tokyo Station, as you mentioned. There's one in Nakameguro too. I'm not sure if there are any others. Yeah, um, there's one in Haneda. Oh, I really? Think. Okay. Yeah, Travel Factory. I think there's one in uh, Narita too, but uh, the big airports. Mm. Um, but yeah. You know, the thing that's been keeping me away from this is the size. Because it's kind of like an A5 mini size. It's like a A5 slim. Yeah. And I use A5. So the, the, the sizing of the book uh, really made me hesitate for a long while. But, you know, I, I saw it. Uh, I was actually going there to buy the mask because the mask was much more interesting to me. Um, and they, they've done a collaboration with Hoshino Resort uh, with the really cute symbols that they have. And you, you apparently couldn't buy them at the Traveler's, uh, Traveler's Factory stores. But, um, you know, I went to get the mask and, and then I saw this, this uh, cover and I said, you know what? I have to get it. The price is, is decent, like $30, $40. Mm. And, you know, I broke down and, and I got it. So I'm the proud owner of a traveler's notebook now. Yeah. What refills did you get with it? Um, so it, it actually comes with a standard refill. So I right. didn't know that, uh, which means obviously I got another refill. And um, I, I, I have the standard one 
And then the other one I have is this yellow cover. It's called a stamp note. Oh, yeah. And it's a collaboration with Kebunsha. And、um, what I've done with it is I've filled the back with the stamps. You know,、mm. they have these stamps at the, at the shop.、Mm. So I filled that.、Um, but, you know, I have two refills in here right now.、Uh, I don't know what I'm going to do with them, to be honest. The paper is not. My favorite, to be honest, even though they're, I think, owned by the same company as Midori.、Mm. But the paper isn't my absolute favorite.、Um, but nonetheless, I think it's, it's a very, very great product. I think I'll try to journal a bit in this, but,、uh, but who knows? Or、um, do some technical drawing on this. Sounds good. Sounds good. And I think also.、Um... I know that there are these、uh, travelers' notebook refills, at least passport size, probably also the, the big ones that are.、Uh, I, I don't think it says Tomer River, but, but it seems to be Tomer River. There's this is thin paper, right? Yeah, I don't think it would be Tomer Rivers because they're owned by Design Fill, so it wouldn't make sense to use a competitor's、uh, product. But I'm sure that there are companies who are making Tomer River refills.、Mm. Seen that too. But, but I remember I, I got one of those,、uh, one of those uh, thin paper refills before in passport size. And, and I, I don't think it is. So, so Midori's parent company is Design Field, right? And, and they have their own like, Tomo River like paper called、uh, DP, which isn't quite the same in terms of you know, shading and sheen. It, it dries a bit faster. It's not quite the same in terms of shading and sheen. I don't think, and it feels a bit, bit different too, I don't think these passport refills are DP paper. So it, it might be worth doing an experiment and see if we can figure out what paper、yep. it is. Yep. And,、uh, and so、I've, I'm looking at jetpens.com right now, and their number 13 traveler's notebook, lightweight paper. That, that one, yeah. yeah.、Um, So, JetPens claims that it is Tomoe River. So,、um, so, that's what they claim. But as far as I see on the packaging, it doesn't seem to be the case. I mean, Goulet Pens also has a 68 GSM Tomoe River、uh, lined traveler's、mm. notebook、uh, insert.、Right. So, you know, maybe, maybe they do.、Um, maybe they do, and I'm totally wrong, and that's. That's、uh, absolutely a possibility. But, you know,、um, nonetheless, they've got a bunch of,、uh, they've got a bunch of papers yeah.、Uh, that you can use. Yeah, maybe this,、uh, maybe this、um, lightweight paper is Tomoe River. No idea. But, anyways,、um, who knows?、Uh, we'll do some more research on that. Uh, yeah. Getting into the news though, news is,、um, I think there's very specifically interesting to you, Penn, on this. And, and we've we had a good laugh、uh, about this.、Um, tell us about the new Swedish inspired release from Bungabox. Right, so, so, so Bungabox has released a new pen.、Um, it's sort of a dark blue pen with some Rauden. The name of it. At least, if, if you read the English name, it says Mangata, but it's actually the Swedish word Mongata, which means like a ref- moon's reflection on water. Yeah. And that's what the design of the barrel it, it, it's meant to, to look like. So you have these, you know, moon, moon reflection.、Mm-hmm. Um, 
but the thing is, if the the Swedish, I mean, the way you write in Swedish is it's not the way Bangbox writes it. So, so there's a circle about the A, and that changes right. the meaning. That, that that's how how we get Morngata. So but, I'm not going to try to pronounce the the two words, but tell right. us what each of these words mean. If you if you read it the way Bangbox writes it, then then you get the word that doesn't actually exist, but it, w- it would mean a street for men. So man, a man, and God, I mean street. So a, a, so instead of moon reflection on water, you get a street for men. Excellent. So um, I haven't seen the pen. I've ordered two of them. I haven't seen them yet. Uh, I'll need to see them. What I'm, I'm not concerned about what Bungbox calls this pen. Right. Um, I'm concerned that they have it on the on the cap band. Ah. Uh, because if you're if they don't have it on cap band and you're just talking about it, you know, it's fine. But if they have it on the cap band, then it will be immortalized on the pen <laughs> as uh, the street for men pen, which is absolutely hilarious. Uh, absolutely hilarious. But the pen itself is beautiful. Yes, I yes, think it is. We cannot deny this. The pen itself is beautiful, and done um, on a you know they 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 collaborate with Bajma artists, um, but it's done in such a way where they have this like black urushi broken up. Yes. So I I think it's not like fully covered. So they they must be using some kind of masking method. Very, yeah, very I'm curious about that because it it looks like you have some kind of base in what's probably like black urushi, right? And then it looks like this 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 blue above it, and then you have these inlaid rodden pieces in the blue, right? But then after that, you have carved or maybe you matched, as you say. There's some similarities to karanuri, except that in karanuri you have more sort of uh, round uh, mm. like holes. Right? I wonder if the actual pen is urushi because. Uh... Because I don't think it is. Yeah. You, oh, yeah. So, so it looks like it's only like part of the barrel is is Urushid. And so the cap might not have any Urushid at all, right? Well, the cap, the finial has Urushid because it's uh, done in a, a silver and transparent Urushid. Right, right. Um, but it's a, it's a Prop 21. So it's, a, it's not a pro gear, which I think is an interesting choice. We haven't had one of these Urushi um, kind of uh, Prophet 21s recently. Um, oh, but now I'm looking at the pen and you may be right. It might be a black-based mm. pen with blue Urushi rather than a blue-based pen with black Urushi. Because I'm looking at the 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 Raden now. Um, right. Because on the Prophet 21, uh, you can't really... I think a lot of people don't notice until it's said to them, but there's actually this recess um, where the cap goes in and screws in on the onto the section, right? Um, there's a, a little part that's a bit thinner than the rest of the barrel. Right. And if you urushi that part, you won't be able to close the pen. Uh, I know because I've tried. Of course you have. So... So that's why I thought it wasn't Urushid, but maybe it is. So we'll have to see. I will get my hands on one of these on Thursday. Mm. So so we'll see how that goes. But yeah, I've got two. 
and I need to to check it out because it's it's very very interesting and very very beautiful. But I have a I have a huge complaint, Jacob. Okay. My huge complaint, and, and I told you about this uh, last uh, last time we met, which was yesterday. I don't understand for the life of me why they choose to spend you know so much time marketing the this pen so they've got let me check one two three four five five posts about this pen yes and i mean one of them seems to be shot of the real thing and then the others are literal screenshots literal screenshots of their website <laughs> yeah i saw that i saw that <laughs> it's a $700 pen and your post is a literal zoomed in screenshot. You can see on the post that the word, the text of your your website is cut off because you've zoomed mm. in onto the picture. And then they have posted other photos now, which they, they seem to have one sort of professionally made sort of product shot, but well, it's cropped. I, I wouldn't even say it's professionally made because it just looks so... It looks like my grandma did this. But that photo is cropped and then you you go to the next photo and, and then you get your normal close-up. They have one picture. They yeah. have one picture of the real thing, yeah, which yeah. I think is the best picture. And if they just had that cover photo... I would think it's, you know, it's great. Right. But the next picture is literally a zoom in of the picture. Like they didn't take a second picture, didn't go closer to take the picture. They zoomed in on the picture they already took. And and that just grinds my gears because this pen is so beautiful. It's so beautiful. Um, I mean, just the way it looks, it's, it's absolutely gorgeous. It's unique. I like this so much better than the than the 4B pen that they, they put out. And if they had just done a little bit more effort in the photography of it, I mean, I think this pen deserves a better picture, don't you? They clearly asked someone to take, as you say, at least one at somewhat semi-professionally made photo, right? So, so they have some material... And the way they're using that material seems a bit questionable to me. Yeah, yeah. They they have the, the moon kind of a backdrop. And then they have yeah. these like, you know, let's say, quote unquote, professional uh, yeah. photos done probably by a photo studio. And I'm happy that they did that. But he, that's not enough. Mm-hmm. It's not enough. Um, it's probably good enough if you're just running the retail store. But if you have an online presence, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's got to be a bit more. And you know what? They've done really great product shots before. I can see right below in the feed, right? The Boombox Zodiac series that they have, you know, right be- beneath it. Mm. It's beautiful. This uh, pen circle thing that they have with the nibs all out in a circle. Those ones are fantastic. So, so I know they can, right? 
I know they can because they've also done at least some of these pictures of the the sanctuary blue and the Marsana blue. They're they're great as well. It's just um, I think uh, at the end of the day, what it is, you know, it's a lost opportunity. To me, it looks like they are so eager to get these posts out and to, to, to tell the world about these pens that they couldn't quite wait until they get all the material in order. Yeah. And um, I think that, you know, Boombox is such a unique uh, shop. Mm. Um, and, you know, don't get me wrong, I love Boombox. I, I think that they are doing things that are really, really interesting. Um Sometimes I don't like the prices of Boombox, but that's just uh, that's just the Boombox price. So, you know, what are you going to do about that? But you know, I like their what they're doing. Um, I like that they push the envelope. Mm. I enjoy Boombox. Boombox is a great store. I, I go, you know, once every few weeks. It's right across from my office. Uh, I, I like Boombox. I think that not just Boombox, all the shops in Japan uh, need to do better in terms of their social media. Uh, presence and their digital presence overall especially we see that a lot of the consumers of these uh these products are very you know uh photo conscious style conscious Mm. instagrammers like i think if you look at pechori that's yeah you know that is your audience and look at his feet it's all so clean um Mm. so beautiful and um even like this is a store based in Japan. Mm. Um, cute things from Japan. I think a lot of our our listeners will probably know this yeah. this account. Their product shots are fantastic. Yeah. And the the owners, I believe, are in the same age range as as the the shop uh, people at Bunga Box. Mm. So, you know, I think. Hobonichi, it, it, it's so well done. But I think when it comes to fountain pen, you know, either there's not the the skill in the industry to do it, or or there's not the consciousness. I don't know which one it is. But there's a big opportunity that if you just invest a bit more in the marketing, you have mm. huge returns. Yeah, and and it seems to be so so common. So this is definitely not a bong box thing. I, I think I'm thinking about like Nagasawa. I'm thinking about mm-hmm. Kobayashi, Usagiya, Pens Alley, Penny Message, Bongo no Mori. Most of them have, have really bad Instagram feeds with just you know potato camera photos. There are a few. There are a few that do it well. Pentanote is one of the exceptions. Oh yeah, Pentanote is really really good. Yeah. You know, talking about these uh, potato quality stuff. Mm. I mean, Daryl from Musubi takes all his product pictures with an iPhone. Mm. So y- you can do this. Sure. <laughs> you know, it, I think there's a science to it, and we might have to have a, a little chat about your photography um, techniques because you're a great product photographer. I think they should just hire you, to be honest. <laughs> um, and... Uh, I'm sure if you get to see the new releases uh, in advance, right? You know, is that something that you'd be willing to do? Do product photography for yeah. for the retailers? Yeah, I'll have to think about that. <laughs> okay, um, so we'll have to have a discussion uh, sure. about this. But you know, it, it can be done. My point is, it can be done, and yeah. uh, and it's it's just a wasted opportunity. Mm. But you know, 
Kobashi, uh, speaking of Kobashi and product shots, I think Kobashi is one of the the better ones, and they they have, uh, they're not perfect, but they're they're one of the better ones, and they have released a very interesting new product. Yes. Um, they have released uh, what they call the um, Kawasemi C. Yes. So they have a a pen, um, and it's called the Kawasemi F. And that is a Sailor Rialo, um, and it's uh, it's based off of their Kawasemi ink, which when I see it, I see Hisui, but they call it Kawasemi. Yes. It's this uh, tealish ink, and um, Kawasemi Hisui, whatever you want to call it, it means jade. So I think the color is is quite nice. But, uh, but doesn't this also mean like a, a kingfisher, the the, the bird? I I wonder what they're going with uh right. with this cuz um you know this is not a word that I learn in in school so right. my knowledge of it comes from you know my knowledge of uh of kanji mm. um but yeah it, it does mean uh kingfisher as well and now that I'm looking it up yeah so kingfisher jade uh yeah maybe you're right maybe it's talking about the kingfisher feathers so so yeah that would make more sense actually so kingfisher um, and it, it's this, uh, it's this teal color. Yeah. Let me talk about this, uh, pro gear first, because this pro gear was the original and, uh, it's, it's this kind of glittery finish pro gear and it has these, uh, these tealish, um, finials. The, the new one, semi F is a teal color barrel with no glitter Mm. And you have these blue, transparent blue finials. It's like this blurple uh, finial. Now, Jacob, tell us what's interesting about this pen. First of all, it's a platinum pen. Yes. Right? They have, on a few occasions, done store exclusives in the past. I mean, Nagasawa is one, for example. But they don't do them very often. And and so so it's, it's very interesting to, to see that they're now working with with kobayashi on on a store exclusive and it's quite a pretty one the other thing that i found interesting is the nib options so mm-hmm. we always talk about how you know especially for for pilot but to some extent platinum as well that you can choose between an interesting body or an interesting nib but you can't have both right so you have the boring black and gold Standard lines come with all the interesting nib options, while the limited editions come, you know, fine, medium, something, something like that, right? Yeah, which really grinds our gears. <laughs> but here, this this new Kobayashi pen comes with soft, fine, soft, medium, broad, and coarse, which is basically the double broad. Yeah, and and the coarse is the I'm sorry, not the coarse. The the broad is the outlier, isn't it? Yeah, the, the, that's the most common one, and I think the most unusual one is soft medium. We talked about that when we talked about Shion and Rokka, because one of the reasons why the Rokka was so popular in Japan was that it was one of the few pens, few platinum models released in Japan that came with a soft medium nib, but otherwise it's more, more of an, an, a Nakaya exclusive, right? So here, yeah. so here somehow Kobayashi has managed to get... Uh, platinum to to offer them a pen with a soft medium nib and and not even uh, Morrison uh, has managed to do that in the past and I mean he's close friends with the Platinum's um, CEO right uh, so 
Yeah, it's very interesting that Kobayashi managed to get this SM nib. Yeah, so have you ridden with the SM nib before? I yeah, I tried it. I thought it was neither soft nor medium. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't really understand uh the obsession with soft medium nibs. It's I mean, I guess it's a bit bouncy, but compared to to Pilot's SM, I I, I don't think it's in the same like you know, I don't think it's on the same level. It's definitely stiffer, and I also would say that it's not quite. I think it's thinner. Maybe it was the pants I would try, but but as far as I remember, they 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 were thinner than a normal medium nib. Yeah, thinner uh, strokes. I mean, definitely, it's interesting, and uh, I've done some modifications on soft finds before. Then, spoiler alert: they were not soft. Mm. Um, but. You know, it, it's uh, it's interesting uh, as as a nib. Um, maybe with the cutouts, it will be it will be a bit softer. Mm. But I think Kobashi has really outdone themselves uh, with this pen because with the with the the sailors that they have, you know, they have zoom so but everybody has yeah. them. But with the platinum, you know, you're really giving people a reason to to shop there. And the price is not actually that bad. So, so Kobayashi, they're not they're not known for for cheap pens. They 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 know how how to charge and they they still sell out. But this is just twenty six thousand yen, I believe. Which, yeah, I mean, it's definitely not as expensive as the Shunke series, right? Mm. There was one more thing about this Kobayashi that caught my interest. So there's one line in the process. Um, so the Hokkaido special version more Yoi Suryote. Mm, yeah. So so this might be first in a series of um, uh, special platinum pens. Yeah, uh, it'll be interesting to see how platinum goes with this. And I hope that Pilot sees this stuff and starts doing something with uh, with their lineup. Because I, I think that's where the market is. Pilot doesn't need to listen to us. Pilot probably does not listen to us. Um, and most of their pens are, you know, non-found pens. That's where they make the most of their money. So, mm. you know, fair enough. The uh, optimist in me would like to see not just nib option exclusives to uh, some retailers, but also I wish they would do something interesting with the barrels. You know, do something fun. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah, um, that's uh, that's the Kobayashi 3776. Along with uh, with this release, though, they released some new Betcherism ink. So I got Betcherism 1 and 2. I have promptly sold them now. I have to say the 3 and 4 are a lot more my style than the 1 and 2. Have you seen this? I, I I need to look it up. I probably haven't. It's on the Kobayashi website. Okay, Besherism 3. Okay. The first two were very grayish. This is slightly yeah. more blue, right? Yeah. And it's... Yeah, 
I, I, I think this is really, I mean, it obviously, Bechery, uh, he knows what kind of colors are, are popular. And we always talk about these light pastel colored, hmm. uh, desaturated inks. This is, this is spot on. I mean, this is going to sell out immediately. Yeah, um, I have had some inquiries about, not, not these things in particular, but about Kobashi asking if I can get them. And I always say, you know, it's really a difficult shop to get to for yes. people living in Tokyo. It's really difficult. I mean, it's not, you know, take a train and, and go there. It, it's a commitment. Um, and a lot of people don't seem to understand, you know, why don't you just order from them online? Well, the mm. thing is, they don't take online orders. And, um, and they've done it for me before in the past. Won't lie, they've done it for me. But I really had to beg them. So. Well, one one uh, option would be to wait for Tokyo International Pen Show. I, I, don't, I haven't seen the list this year, but but they were there last year, right? I'm sure they're going to... I w- wouldn't be surprised if they come this year as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. But, um, you know, it's it's beautiful ink, and I yeah. really like Betrism 4, the pink one. Let's see, number four. Oh... Yes, yes. It's it's a nice color. It's an it's, it's it, again. It's desaturated. It's light. Yeah, this is spot on. <laughs> this he, he is knows. the Numa. He, I mean, yeah, I mean, he he, he is the, the the trendsetter. I mean, he he knows exactly. Yeah. Okay. Um. And these are made by Tono Limbs. Oh really. Yeah, so the Betrism inks are, are Tono Limbs inks. I thought it was... No, no, you're right, you're right. Yeah, okay, okay, yeah. Yeah, of and course, yeah, they have very, very... Uh, that makes sense, actually. The, they have very close collaboration, right? So yeah. he, he's doing these live events with them almost every day. Yeah. Um, you saw the Tono Limbs uh, dinosaurs? The dinosaurs? No, what's that? Yeah, check out the link in the in the in the note that I sent you. So they're doing this like um, series of dinosaur inks, um, and they're doing something interesting with this. Is that uh, they're doing that gacha concept? You know the one that we saw. Ah, yes, yes, yes. I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think about this kind of a uh, this kind of marketing? I think this makes a lot of sense. I mean, in the last episode, Alessa talked about you know, these when we went to the Inkinuma event, how um, you could buy these mini uh, notebooks, but but you didn't know in advance which which one you were going to get, right? And mm-hmm. this is this I assume is the same thing. Yeah, I mean, I think this this will do very well. I think people love this concept. Obviously, what's going to happen is is that people are going to soon discover which ones are, are the popular ones, and you're going to see the the unpopular ones flooding Mercury after a while. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. I mean, I think I'll probably try to get some, but I'm not in love with this uh, gotcha concept. I'm not in love with it uh, because it's just a bit um, consumer unfriendly. I think. But it, yeah, but 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 
but the same token, it is retailer friendly because you probably don't have to worry as much about if, inventory. Yeah, yeah, because you you, you know, it's, it's easy to predict. Yeah, and these will sell out for sure. Mm. Yeah, and uh, and then we have a, another tonal limbs, and honestly, it's so hard to catch up with this, but um, but we always have to have a Mori bashing segment, and we yes. haven't done one in a while. Uh, but Morrison. Um, through his uh, his many years of blogging, yeah. uh, you know, apparently was not a fan of shimmering inks, mm. uh, and he claimed that they would clog up your your feed and destroy your pen, which is a very common myth that I believe uh, you partake in as well. Um, but it's not true. Um, he surprisingly earlier this year. Uh, came up with or you know collaborated with Tonal Limbs to create a shimmering green ink, and then he went on uh, in his blog to to elaborate on how wonderful this uh, green ink is because the the glitter particles are smaller, blah blah blah, and he experimented quote unquote experimented on his uh, his lacquered um, pens and found out that. Oh my goodness! The 18k um, uh, gold nib uh, from Yovo doesn't clog. You know, this must be one of the only pens that you can use glittering uh, shimmerings with. And then now he's come out with uh, with a shimmering blue ink. And so yeah. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of propaganda uh, revolving <laughs> this ink, where his special adjusted. Uh, pens will have uh, special properties that allow you to use glitter or uh, shimmering inks. Right. Yeah, definitely. So if I understand correctly, what happened was that you know Morrison had a phase like or one to two years ago, maybe still has, where he was experimenting with uh, aged finishes on on the brass pens via lacquer and various dangerous liquids so he ended up making all of these pens that look kind of dark green brownish and then at the Looks same like you dropped them into a sewer yeah and then around that time i think tono from tono limbs um was working with him and tomoko about some licht up uh, exclusive inks and at that time uh, Tono said to Morrison, "Why don't I just make you an ink inspired by by your by your pen experiments here? So, so, so I, an ink that has the same color as your dark green brown pens here." And I think that's how it came about. And it was almost like a joke because that ink, that first ink, is called like a jukai, which basically means like deep forest. And right. of course, his his name in Japanese also means forest. So, so the ink. That ink is basically an inside joke. Uh, and mm. he had at the time, as far as I understand, he had never used uh, shimmering inks before. So he started from scratch trying to you know, figure out which pens work and don't work with shimmering inks. And he concluded that preppies don't work at all. They, they clog the feed. Steel nibbed pens don't work at all. But for some reason, gold nibbed pens, in particular his brass pens with gold nibs work well with shimmering ink so so I, I, every few days was a new blog post where he had made a new discovery about 
what works and what doesn't work with the uh, shimmering inks. But more importantly, he discovered that you know, these Inkunuma ladies, they love the shimmering inks. So, so he, uh, um, I don't think via Wagner, but more via Lichtop managed to sell quite a lot of these, of this ink that was really meant as an inside joke. And he even ordered more of them. Um, and I think they're all, they're all sold out now. So he discovered that, hey, that there's a revenue stream here. Even though I'm not using shimmering inks myself, clearly I can sell them not to, you know, the Wagner Oyagis, but to these Inkunuma ladies that come to Lichtop to, to, to get um, uh, colorful pens and, uh, and, and nib grinds. So because he discovered this revenue stream, he worked with Tony Limbs on a follow-up ink. And this follow-up ink now is, is Shinkai, which is sort of dark blue-black ink with like silver shimmer. But it's clearly not a pen for him. It's clearly not a pen for his, you know, Wagner tribe. This is a pen for, for the Inkunuma ladies. Yeah, and uh, and when you say that, it really puts into perspective his uh, let's call it friendship with uh, with Tomoko. Yeah, um, who's obviously uh, she's a woman, and so she's uh, she's quite an attractive lady that takes very photogenic pictures yeah. and is very good at handwriting. Yeah, and um, so Tomoko has been part of Wagner for a while, and uh, is his apprenticed and um you know we we've talked many times how the inkanuma crowd or the the new generation is much more female oriented yeah it puts into perspective how uh that partnership makes sense for them financially uh i think that mr mori is uh very um easy to understand uh in japanese we say wakariyasi Yes, I'd say so. And you you've seen an evolution in his blog posts where he used to post some very interesting stuff about difficult to find information on various Japanese pens or yeah. you know various like imports, you know, these different stories. And through that he amassed a huge gathering to which he ascended the uh let's say the ranks of the fountain pen world. To, to become like the leader of the most important fountain group in Japan. Yeah. And now he's uh he's devolved into peddling shimmering inks and we see really just the same old posts over and over again uh you know kind of promoting tonal limbs promoting uh Likutop. And some of his Twitter followers have had it Yes, that was interesting to see. There was someone said that I, I don't think we I need to go to the next Wagner event. I'm looking at Morrison's blog post. It's just a list of suck up. This is not the, the Wagner I'm. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I followed before. And you know, there was a Wagner event I think last week. Yeah, or we didn't go because you know, well, what's the point? It's going to be the same thing over and over again. So I think that's yeah. definitely an evolution. Um, I don't know if it's good or bad, but it's definitely, I think, uh, it's concerning, I think, because uh, I hope something comes up to replace it. The Ink Numa crowd, while it's it's young and uh, it has a lot of energy, is very um, despair. So mm. we'll see. We'll see what happens there. But I think Liktop is uh, going to be at the center of that with Betchori. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
Yeah. Um, speaking of which, uh, I, I forgot to me- I put this in the show notes, but um, maybe it's worth a, a quick mention that um, September 23rd was actually Fountain Pen Day in Japan. Yes. And we had a lot of uh, a lot of good deals. So Boombox did a twenty percent off on their uh, fountain pens. Um, and it's apparently the day where uh, when the first fountain pen was patented in the UK. So so um, that was interesting. That coinciding with fountain pen day in Japan, um, or maybe it wasn't coinciding, but it was uh, it was um, yeah, almost just two days apart. Uh, Mori did the the Wagner event. Yes. Um, and I'm not sure that there was such a big crowd. I haven't seen anything on on my social media about it. Our normal group here didn't go. Um, I, I had a special reason because I had had to study for an exam, but I also wasn't that keen on going because we uh, and we talked about it previously on the podcast. But we went to the pen trade event, the pen trading in Tokyo. Yeah. Which is meant to be, you know, the the biggest uh, vintage-focused, sort of collector-oriented pen yes, show yeah. in Japan, and it was basically nothing this year. Yeah, I mean, COVID definitely uh, did a number, but yeah, um, you know, maybe next year will be more interesting. I I think it's telling that even with Fountain Pen Day uh, being on the twenty third, that couldn't drive uh, enthusiasm. Mm. For for the Wagner event, I think that's that's very telling of the kind of uh, mood um, towards Wagner right now. Definitely, yeah. definitely. All right, so um, you know we've just got so many uh, new releases to to cover. Kingdom Note Rialo. What do you think? There was a previous. I can't remember what year it was, but it was, there have been uh, YY pen club pens that look a lot, a lot like this one. <laughs> And I have a feeling that our friend Oyakata, who is the head of the YY Pen Club in, uh, in Kansai, is not going to be too too happy about this. He's going to claim that they are they are just taking his design, but uh, but but it is a nice it's a nice looking pen. I, I like the, the nib engraving. I assume it's laser engraved, but it's a little clock thing going yeah, on there. Yeah, right? it's laser engraved. Um, you like the pen? I wouldn't buy it, but. Uh, but uh, it looks nice. I, I like the the big cap bands. So it has a metal section, though. But the black one isn't that. No, the black one is glossy. Okay, no, no, I I changed my opinion. <laughs> you don't like the pen. I don't like the pen. So I'm uh, I'm not a fan of these pens. A lot of people. Um, seem to really really like these kind of color combinations especially the dark blue and black one mm. these pens don't do it for me um i think uh, dare i say it it's a bit ugly i don't know um does it does it look too i don't know too, too desaturated and, and not enough no colors no. and glitter uh well may, maybe I, I i think that if you want to do these like um dark trims Mm. the trim is shiny and the body is not and it's I don't know the the contrast is a 
bit weird because the color is so similar to the trim. It's it's so dark, right? But it's not dark enough to be like a stealth pen. So I think if they did it in matte black, I'd be like, mm, yes, that's a that's a pen for me. But that they did it in this like matte navy color, it's it it's a bit too blue for me. I I don't think the colors um, match up well. But so if you were to compare the blue one to, for example, that recent Nagasawa, like Chaska pen, Chaska, how yeah. you pronounce it? Yeah. yeah. They both look a bit understated in the sense that the colors aren't really that, you know. Okay. Why, yeah. why does that one work better? Um, so I, I, I had two Chaskas in for work. And first of all, I think the silver... Uh, the rhodium trim looks a lot better with the shade of uh, of blue. The right. gold kind of just it fights with the pale blue. I think um, mm. maybe if it had a non metal section, it would work better. But I, I think there there's a bit of a, a clash. That's um, especially with a thick cap band. It's almost too aggressive for such a kind of forget me not blue. Like this pale blue, I um, I, I think it's very very aggressive, um, so so that's one thing. the The second thing I think is that the Chaska is uh is not matte, um, and it actually has very very subtle glitter in it, and that works really really well with uh, with the the clip and the, and the caps and, and everything. So I particularly like the Chaska. This one, um, is just matte. The the Nib is interesting, but I think it's also a lot more expensive because of the metal section. It's almost uh, it's almost six hundred dollars um, at retail price. If you ask me to spend six hundred dollars on this or on two Mont Blanc one forty nines, you know, or or a Mont Blanc one forty nine and then send it off to to Hiroko for a custom, I think the choice is clear. Right, but I wonder if the price has something to do with Sailor themselves raising prices because I remember we had a discussion a few days ago about the, you know the standard Sailor Rialo and that one is now listed for 35,000 yen plus tax in Japan which I think is definitely more than it was before so, so prices seem yep. to have gone up uh, that is true but I wouldn't price this pen at almost double right right it's just um I understand it has the, the metal section, which I think is actually a detracting factor. It, I don't know. It's it doesn't it doesn't speak to me. I, I have one of these black ones um, in, which I'll be sending to the states uh, soon. Um, and I think the most interesting thing is the the clock on the fin, on the nib, right? Uh, where it's I think it's it has some kind of a meaning uh, in regards to. Like the, um, the time of like the trains or something. They do a lot of Shinjuku themed uh, pens, so I don't remember exactly what the what each of the time means. But you know, it's it's certainly uh, people do ask about this pen. Oh uh, yeah, there's there's the Shinjuku thing. There they also had Shinjuku themed inks, right? Yeah. Um. 
so so the, the, this is sort of a a a Tokai version of Gotoji inks. <laughs> yeah, to yeah, yeah. Um, I actually really like those Shinjuku inks. I think I'll try to get some eventually. Um, but yeah, I mean, regarding this pen, it it doesn't do it for me. So you know what does it for a lot of people is uh, the Shishikura Autumn pen, and we uh, we talked about the um, moonlit cherry blossoms, the Tsukiyozakura, uh, yeah. with Kuei quite a while back. It was released in, I think, uh, February or something? March? Mm. I don't really remember, but, you know, way back when, uh, pre-COVID times, all the good old days. But, um, she's now done, uh, in the next series of, of her sparkling pens, she's now done, uh, this autumn pen, and I have mm. to say, the spring pen, I didn't really see spring this autumn pen i see autumn yeah and there's even there's even some momoji leaves on on the nib yeah so it's this um it's this transparent uh yellow uh cap with a lot of thick glitter and that's what she's really known for um rhodium trim which i think works a lot better with the pen and then uh red burgundy-ish body with uh with some more subtle uh glitter in it and then the finials are this kind of i wouldn't say it's cream it's a custardy yellow surprisingly it works very very well and i have two of these in my uh in my guest house but it's it's very nice uh it's a very nice pen yeah, I think the, the the socks, as Queer calls them, I I, I would have preferred a different color, something other than, than yellow. But but other than that, the pen does look nice. I really like, and that was the same with with the, with the spring pen. I really like the the nib engraving. I think that yeah. that's almost the, the my favorite part of it. And it can be hard to tell from her photos, you know, going back to what we said about, you know, Japanese retailers and, and their their online photography. It can be hard to tell from the photo here, but yeah, you're right, there seems to be some glitter on, on the um on the burgundy barrel. Yeah, there definitely is. Uh I mean it's in if you go down a bit in her feet there there's a picture with the with the blanks. Um, and where you can see more clearly the the glitter, I think it's this silverish glitter, and mm. that's what she's so known for, right? Like these glittery pens that people seem ah, to yes, yes. absolutely adore. Um, and you know, it's it's fantastic. Actually, it's it's really good. Uh, how much is this one? I think it's like forty four thousand. I don't really remember. I just remember that a lot of money of mine was spent that day. Do you think the, <laughs> I'm sure it was. Do you think the uh, the metal section works here? I think it does. Okay. I think the metal section works here because it's uh it's a lot more subtle than the uh than the the kingdom note ones. I think that uh the choice of rhodium trim here mm. uh is is great. Actually, I would have preferred this um I would have preferred the Sakura one, the the spring one, to be rhodium trim, and this one in gold, if anything. But I think you know rhodium still works really well here. What this pen does for me is that it really evokes a sense of autumn with the momiji, 
with the with the autumn leaves um and the silver trim is mm. the hint of winter that's going to come okay i guess i can see that yeah. okay <laughs> now i asked her if she was going to do a summer and winter pen too yeah and she said probably next year okay so to look forward to uh so i'm sure i'll be getting more of those uh soon but i mean definitely her pens are are some of the most exciting sailors i'm I just consider myself lucky that I don't like I don't like CC pens, so right. converter fill doesn't do it for me. But yeah, um, following on this, kind of just piggybacking on this release, I want to talk about this kind of trend that there is not just in the pen world, but also in the greater Japanese retail scene: seasonal mm. product cycles. Yeah. So we see very very often. Um, Japan has this myth. Uh, if you come to Japan, people will say, "Oh, welcome to Japan. We have four seasons," as if other countries don't. It's always really, really amusing to me. But Japanese uh, shops really lean in to this、mm. four-season concept. So, in Konbini, you find like you know really seasonal products. Every season, you have. Some、uh, different kinds of food, so like you,、uh, you have different flavor of yogurts. You have like、mm. once it's like March, Aprilish, it's sakura everything.、Mm. And so far, I don't think we've really seen that in the pen world because in Japan, the pen world was and still probably is really dominated by like black,、uh, boring pens, right? Oh yes. But、um, this shishikura. Themed pen, I think, is is really interesting. Do you think that?、Uh, first of all, what do you think about the general pattern in seasonal products? Like,、uh, is that something that is that marketing effective for you?、Um, do you buy Sakura everything in in the spring?、Uh, not as much as as Alessa does, <laughs> I think. <laughs> but but out of the out of the four four seasons, I think. Sakura or spring and sakura in particular has is sort of elevated above the others because it's not just you know summer is coming but it's also that that is, that is when the when the new school year starts it's also when the start of the new financial year so so sakura is you know graduation ceremonies and new joiner ceremonies it is the start of your your new life yeah right and and I think that that gives its special meaning so you have these. These photos of people under the under the the, the cherry trees in their uniforms,、uh, about to start the, their new job or about about to enter the university that they have spent so much time、uh, studying for, and so it's a very very special time of year in Japan. So it, so it's obvious that you have have a lot of、um, sort of products around this、um, around this time. Um, yeah, yeah, um, but 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 autumn and momiji is also not quite as much. But I mean, the, the autumn leaves in you know October, November is also a very very, very special time. It's probably possibly the most beautiful time of year in Japan.、Uh, so it's and it's also that that's it's also time when. It's said in Japan that that that's that's when when you most like to, to to get fat because that that's when you have all the best food is available in in autumn, right? 
yeah, I think um, Autumn is uh, really, really cool. And I really want to go see Kyoto in the autumn. I mean, I've been、mm. to Kyoto for more than 20 times. I've never gone to see the Momiji. So that's、uh, something that I really, really want to do.、Mm. Um, I think,、uh, yeah, Sakura is the most,、um, let's say, they call it Insta by here, so Insta friendly. Yes. I think, but all the seasons have something really, really cool. So,、uh, summer is the kakigori, so the shaved ice.、Yes. Um, you know, autumn is like,、uh, I don't know, my image is like kuri and, and you know, better weather, basically.、Yeah. Um, winter, you have the oden. And so, there's a very strong image associated with,、uh, with each season.、Um, And a lot of it is very visual as well.、Um, the visual aspect is very important to the marketing of seasons here.、Um, I think that following these seasonal product cycles as they do in food is probably a bit too much for, for pens. I think it's too much for pens because it's not, it's not a, something you, you use and, and you, you consume and, and then you get, get a new one.、Right? But for inks, I、yes. think it makes sense. Yes. And, and、uh, we always talk about and how the tone and limbs and how they iterate very fast, come up, come up with new pr- products very fast. And they are probably very well p- p- positioned to do、uh, seasonal inks. And, and I think we're already starting to see seasonal inks from,、uh, from tone and limbs. I. Absolutely agree. I think that inks, like seasonal inks, will be、yeah. so interesting. Yeah.、Um, but let's hope,、uh, not this year, but maybe next year, or maybe when I、uh, get around to making my inks, or then we'll have something. But I'm hoping for this kind of a development in the, in the market. You had, in a way, I mean, Sailor has for a few years had the, the Shikiori series, which、right. is both pens and inks, the, the, the little small, slim、uh, pro gears, but they all <laughs> look pretty much the same. So,、um, I mean, yeah. I, I hope that they do something like, because、uh, the Shikiori is available to buy all year. I hope that they do something like, we only release this in the springtime, and then、yeah. once spring is over, we don't sell it anymore. Well, Sailor has one thing like that for ink strikes. So they the have、Sherbet. this Sherbet this、yeah. yeah, series, which is available every year, but only <laughs> during, during the summer. All right. So、uh, I think、uh, we can call it a day here because it's been a long episode. So probably、yeah. skip QA and,、uh, and try to save that for next time. But、uh, this was a very release heavy、um, episode. It's、yeah. uh, you know, just a lot to, to digest in the last two weeks. We've got so much、um, going on. I think、uh, Fountain Pen Day probably helped fuel a lot of these releases, but、um, nonetheless,、uh, it's you know, always a good time talking to you, Jacob. It's,、uh, it's always interesting to hear your insights on these releases. And、uh, thank you as well to、um, all of you, the listeners, because as I said, Uh, in the beginning of the episode, this wouldn't be possible without your support.、Um, you know, I say this、uh, almost every episode now, but、uh, if you enjoy the content, please consider sharing with a friend.、Uh, please consider writing a review.、Uh, consider giving us a review on iTunes.、Um, it、mm. really helps with the outreach. I think that we 
you know, we, we have quite a steady following of listeners um, in the early hundreds. Uh, and I think that the people who are going to find this podcast based on, you know, just us posting about it on our Instagrams, um, mm. we've probably reached that point. Um, so in order to help us grow, we really need your help to spread the word on um, your various social media, you know, tag us, uh, you know, tag, tag us. Uh, I think you don't mind. I don't mind um, when people tag us about Tokyo Inklings, uh, right. try to tell a friend, um, but really writing a review, uh, leaving a rating, hopefully five stars if you like it. If you don't like it and you don't give us five stars, uh, maybe refrain from giving us a review. <laughs> but but if you like it, please uh, please consider giving us a, a five-star review um, because that will really help other people discover this content. It helps us grow. And um, yeah. I think overall that's healthy because it also inspires us to do um, increasingly interesting content for you. Yeah. So uh, with that being said, um, I've been saying this, the podcast is free. The way you pay us is by telling your friends, by uh, leaving a review, leaving a, a rating. Um, but uh, if you have time, uh, please consider doing that. My name is CY. You can find me on my website at tokyostationpens.com or on Instagram at tokyostationpens and on Twitter at tokyostationmnh. And my name is Jacob and I'm a Fudo fan on Instagram and on Twitter and have a blog at fudofan.com. Bye-bye. Bye.